Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, and with me as always are my two great buddies, Eddie Guevara and Chuck Caputo. All right. Gentlemen, welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Awesome. So, hey, uh, I don't know about you guys, but we got some crazy weather going on here in Northeast Ohio. It, it's it's raining right now pretty hard, so I, maybe in the background you could hear it hitting against my roof and supposed <laughs> to change to snow in the summer, and, and I'm, I'm sure you'll be getting it soon, Chuck, there in Western PA and probably Eddie later in the week. Wait, wait, yeah. J- Joe, you mean to say you're, it doesn't always rain by your house? I thought it always rained <laughs> on your house. 99% of the time. I've a couple years ago when I looked, I, I read an article. It was like Northeast Ohio is the number two gloomiest area in the United States. Uh, Seattle, Washington. Well, oh. th- that's where you live there, right? I mean, Crypt of Classic needs a gloomy setting. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't have too much sun out here, man. That's why, you know, you got you to gotta love it, man. So uh, I tell you what, so far, so good over here, Joe. We're supposed to get freezing rain tomorrow, you know, so we'll see. We'll yeah, see what yeah. happens. But they had a good day today in Punxsutawney. Uh, Wow, unbelievable. It was the hottest I've seen it in a in a long time. I think on a previous podcast we talked about Sherry and I was at the Punxsutawney and it was freezing. It was like yeah. five five degrees with the wind chill factor. So, so what was the uh what was the outcome today for uh Mr. Punxsutawney? Yeah, good old Phil. Six more weeks of uh bad weather, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I seen a, a headline briefly yesterday that uh there was one groundhog that that died, and I thought it was Punxsutawney Phil. And I looked at, I looked at the article, and it was I can't remember exactly where it was at, but I said, "Oh man, that I don't know what kind of what what does that bring? Like six more? <laughs> that got to bring something bad if he comes out and he just dies or something." And you know, that's you know what that that's got to be bad. And you that's know what, the end I of did, the world. <laughs> <laughs> I did shows in Punxsutawney throughout the years. I tell you what, it's a it's a cute little town, and they really take good care of that groundhog during the summer months they actually have a uh, they have a park in the park and he's and they have like a cave cut out with a plexiglass type of a uh, covering so you can see him you know and they they uh, treat him real good man they got food and all kinds of stuff he's probably treated like gold out there yeah you know what it's a nice tourist attraction yeah that that would be pretty cool i'd love to visit out there just kind of like that old old world style you know village you know back you know it's still just a, a small town that's you know yeah definitely looks you know 100 still 100 years old there i tell you what there's a few of those going into just real briefly going into when i go into pa up to uh, allegheny forest and you go through towns like oil city and franklin and they're just kind of like still like that throwback of you know turn of the century you know 1900s and it's absolutely absolutely beautiful absolutely you know what you mentioned franklin i do i've done many county fairs out there for the for for the franklin county fair it's a really cool little town yeah it's it is like stepping back into the past and the people are so nice you know what like you know they have a, a small county ferry like it's not real big but they have I think the stage I was on was called the Barnyard Cafe. It was really cool. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really neat. Yeah, I think that they have that right in their downtown, isn't that that where it's at usually? Yeah, it's you know what, it's like just outside of it. It's like up a dirt road and uh it is really laid back. They're very nice people, man. If anybody has a chance to go, uh I can't remember if it's in late 
August, I'm, I think maybe maybe somewhere around there. But check it out; it's 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 great, and uh, they they do a great job. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love those little places. I, I'm sure it would be cool to do shows and all that too, especially outdoors and everything. Oh. I always think you know outdoor show would be nicer than indoors, unless and I've always thought that this would be cool to do a um do a show with just all by candlelight, how they used to do in like the old theaters. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be I, cool. And you know, it's funny is I was just listening to a, another podcast earlier, and they were talking about Stanley Kubrick and some of his films. And um, they had mentioned how on one film he wanted to do it all by candlelight. And they did kind of like some test shoots and found that it would just be too dark without using you know, some type yeah. of you know artificial light. But he, he wanted to do everything by candlelight. I said, man, that would be so cool. That would be neat. Uh, well, you, you mentioned Kubrick. Uh, wow. The one movie that stands out that I watched many, many years ago. I haven't seen it for a few years. A Clockwork Orange. Wow. Oh, I haven't seen that in, in decades. That's a crazy, that's a crazy movie, man. <laughs> yeah, Eddie, what's going on over there in uh, in New Jersey? Well, I don't know, man. I'm looking at the thing. It looks like the moon is full. Something <laughs> like the howl of the wolf. The, the what? But, uh, what, what? What's the moon? It's it's full, man. It's, I, I haven't. I've never seen that before. <laughs> Maybe once or twice here. <laughs> you never seen a full moon. Maybe once or twice. It's usually so cloudy here. You you don't see anything. Oh, well, that's true because you have so much rain in your house. You usually don't get to see past the dark clouds. I see. Oh, I see. Moon, are you talking that you want to talk about Wolfman tonight? I don't know, man. That's maybe what the topic could be. But uh, I got to tell something before we bring on the topic. We have some good news, uh, Mr. Chuck, there through some of his, uh, you know, Chuck being a world famous magician like he is. And, uh, you know, most of his name is probably heard in the best of Hollywood films. And uh, I'm sure he's done quite a few Oscars. In small uh, circles, small magic circles around the world in hush tones. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, the thing is that it looks like we're going to have a, a future guest, uh, I believe, after the 21st. I'm not sure the date yet, but uh, our podcast will go that one week. We'll have a special podcast that's going to be on Zoom. So people will be able to see us. But the best part, it's uh, the duo from Penn and Teller. Mr. Teller himself, the man that never spoke a word and would only speak for the first time in history on House of the Unusual. All right. Yeah, that would be great. So everyone out there, keep your fingers crossed that everything, all the planets align and and this comes through. (laughs) Because I think that would be really, really awesome. I'd really like to hear the back and forth of our or, uh, you know, Chuck Caputo and maybe Dave Haversat and them talking with Teller about just magic. I think, gosh, I just have to sit back and listen and just be kind of <laughs> educated and entertained with that. <laughs> well, uh, why do you get a rocket and make sure you align the planet, push them if they're out of the way, just bring them back in alignment there, my man? But anyway, I, I'm going to have to do that, man. I'm going to have to start. It's going to take some work, but, you know, I'm you, you can do it. I'm sure, Eddie, you, you've got some kind of plan somewhere on how to build a rocket ship. Actually, you might have – I have to look in my, my drawer of House of the Unusual here and see if there's any rocket ship plans. <laughs> I'm sure there is. I'm sure. Oh, I'm, but sure, anyway. I'm sure there's something. I got how to pick pockets, but well, that, I might have perfect. to use that to, uh, to start getting some money for my rocket. <laughs> well, that, that's a good idea. You can also, like, find out if, uh, you know, you come across those plants, you know, the robot plants I'm looking oh, for. Take a drink. Take okay, a drink. I mean, yeah. you can always pick pocket <laughs> for that as well, you know. Hey, no. guys, you know what? I, 
I, I have planned and I was thinking it today. I have planned for this coming Friday because now I have Fridays and, and Saturdays off from work. So I'm, I'm really excited. And usually because my wife sometimes works early Saturday morning, so she'll go to bed early. But I have, man, I got a great night planned for Friday. You guys want to hear about it? Uh-oh. Yeah, sure. Bring well, it on. I mean, you yeah. you might as well say so. You bought sure. it. Well, well, maybe we'll keep it for next week. <laughs> no, no. And I, you know what? I was looking through some of my DVDs, and I have, I have a bunch of movies that I haven't watched, and there's there's a whole bunch in the silent movie era. Oh yeah. So I'm thinking about doing like a silent movie marathon Friday night into Saturday morning, and um, I tell you what, and um. Mike Mesmer is going to, I'm sure if he's listening, he's probably making, you know, trying to strangle me through the thing, but I have yet to watch West of Zanzibar with Lon Chaney, yeah. you know, and, and Todd directed by Todd Browning has Lionel Barry, Barrymore and Mary Nolan. So I think I'm going to, I've been, I've been itching to watch that for months now and it's, you know, just with holidays and work and everything. So I'm going to start off with West of Zanzibar. All right. Cool. I've been wanting to watch that forever. And then I'm going to go with The Golem. Oh. 1920. I have I bought it in uh Blu-ray and it is um it, it's one of those movies that I have been wanting to see for years and I bought it at at Monster Bash in October and I I've been meaning to another one I've been meaning to watch and I haven't had a chance but it's been on my list forever and then I got a few other uh Lon Chaney one, so I think it's going to be a bunch of a Lon Chaney um, movies that night. But I'm I'm thinking about Mr. Wu, uh, definitely the Unholy Three from 1930, mm. um, and also the 1925 one. I'll probably end up doing both of those, and then um, Laugh Clown Laugh. I don't know if you guys have seen any of those those films that I've mentioned there. Is it year, isn't... what year is that? Well, Laugh Clown Laugh. That sounds interesting. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to. Isn't that the called the man who laughs? By the way, what laugh clown laugh? Yeah, because one of those actually was the the uh, forefronter for the Joker for Batman and Robin. No, this is where he's dressed up as a clown and he's got this little, real little hat on. It's from 1928. Wow. Um, so <clears throat> I'm thinking about doing doing that one, uh, Mister. What the heck, Mister Wu? I wonder what year that's from. I'll but, have to look that up. Have you ever heard, heard, watched the Man Who Laughs? No, I haven't watched that yet. I do have that on DVD. Yeah, but, that's um, that's the one that inspired the Joker. Uh, right. The, the, the guy has a smile, man, that he can't just get rid of. It just uh, smile <laughs> goes from corner to corner. <laughs> yeah. So I have Mister Wu. That's from 1927, and then I'll do the Unholy Three Twenty Five, the 1931. And then, like I said, you know, West of Zanzibar, which, what year did that come out? 1928, and then The Golem, which was 1920. I'm going to do kind of like a a silent movie marathon. And um, after this podcast, I'm going to post the movies that I'm going to watch on um, our website, House of the Unusual, under Crypto Classics. So if anybody out there has watched the movies or is going to watch them this week, Drop us a line on there. Let me know what you think about them because I'd really like to get some some input on them. I I I really love silent movies, and um, 
I want to start watching some of the Lon Chaney's because I really haven't seen too many. Have you guys watched any of those? No. What, what I, Lon Chaney's? What, no. What, what I think you should do before anything is make sure you get at least two tablets of Sudafed. <laughs> so you will stay awake throughout the night to make sure you watch them, Joe. Oh, I'll be I'll be fine. I, I, I tell you what, there's there's I know some people out there have trouble with with silent movies and and all that. But I, you know what? I, I never have You know, years of maybe two years ago i did an article on um and I'll, we'll talk about this because we'll transition into what we're going to talk about uh werewolves and all that but years ago maybe about five years ago when i had instagram this lady turned me on to um the silent movie and it was called wolf blood 1925 and i had never i had never seen it and i kind of put it off so a couple of years back, Scary Monsters wanted to do a all werewolf edition, you know, issue. So I said, "Man, this this will be perfect." I said, "Let me check out this movie." So I did a little research online, and I found a lot of conflicting, uh, yeah, but conflicting information on the movie. Most of it was had to do with when it premiered. You know, a lot of people had the the dates and um, the month wrong, but the year was still 1925. But I'm just going to read real quick here and uh, my introduction that I had for the article about the movie. And it's re- I tell you, it's very interesting. And I, I hope you guys out there will, will want to, to watch this. You can find it on YouTube. That's where I watched it. And it's a um, it's a great silent movie. And I'll explain to you why here. But so Wolf Blood, which is um, it's all one word. The original one was just one word, just Wolf Blood. Uh, it's also known as Wolf Blood, A Tale of the Forest. Mm. It's a 1925 silent film, and it's the earliest surviving werewolf movie known to exist. Wow. So th- that's fantastic in and of itself. So the film was produced by Ryan Brothers Production and distributed by Lee Bradford Cor- Corporation in early 1925. So many records state that the movie was released on December 16th, 1925. Uh, which that I believe is the Wikipedia one, while others claim July 16th, 1925, which I believe is IMBD or or vice versa, however those be, uh, that it was first introduced into theaters. Uh, so after checking through many databases, I was able to actually find an article that was dated Monday, May 11th, 1925, in the Morning Post from Camden, New Jersey, which I believe that's close to, you know, to Eddie out there. So thank you, New Jerseyans. Um, the article was stated that wolf blood, and they actually had it separated, wolf and blood as two words, would be the main attraction on Tuesday, which was May 12th. So actually, I found an earlier date than what everyone had. However, I believe that the movie premiered earlier uh, in the year due to being low budget and didn't really make the newspapers, but I didn't find anything to really corroborate that. Uh, several articles that same year also mentioned the movie as Wolf Blood, you know, with the two words separated, or Wolf Blood as one word, with both being used interchangeably for the same picture. However, the the original one is Wolf Blood, all one word. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really, you know, interesting that a lot of these... You know, and I always caution people out there when you're using IMDB or Wikipedia that a lot of that information isn't always accurate. So make sure you check your sources. But I always I thought that was really cool that this movie was the earliest known 
you know movie to deal with werewolves in it and it's really cool because they they're almost like specters in it like like ghost werewolf specters and it's it's really cool um the movie is this one is kind of tough to um to to watch because the it it is kind of slow however the build-up at at the at the end and the twist of what's going on makes the the boring parts worth it so if anybody out there is going to watch it just keep that in mind just get through the boring parts it it really pays off at the end and the twist in in the storyline so that that's that's, cool wow yeah Mm -hmm. 1925 you could find it on youtube the copies that are out there aren't aren't very good i don't know if there was ever a restoration done on it on on a blu-ray or anything but it's a it's a great movie and and you know, just that piece of history, you know, is also fantastic. Let me ask you a question really quick. So if you said it's 1925 and uh, can you like watch the first 10 minutes and then fast forward to the end and then enjoy and say, that was the best movie I ever watched. (laughs) You know what? You could probably do that on some, but this movie, I I would advise against it because there's, um, there's sections in the movie that all play into the storyline. And I tell you what, for 1925, it's a hell of a story. It's um, of, of what's going on. If you were to watch the first 10 minutes and fast forward, the ending wouldn't pay off for you because you, you wouldn't understand it unless you, mm-hmm. you know, watch the movie and knew, you know, the way the story was going. No, cool. Yeah. I know some movies you could do that and, you know, skip over the good to the good parts. But if you really want to get the most out of it, you know, I would definitely watch the whole movie and it's not that um I don't know how long it is. I have to check. It's not that long either. Um so it, it's fairly short like most, you know, silent films unless you're watching uh what is that um what's the one with the robot? That one's over like 2 hours. Um Metropolis. Um, in Metropolis. Yeah. Well, but yeah, that, that, I'm going to check real quick here on how long the, uh, well, I'm going to tell you something. You know, you guys were probably seven like, minutes. How much? Sixty-seven minutes. So hour seven minutes. Okay. okay, you guys might like this. Way back in the day, there was a. I mean, a guy that um, he kind of passed away. He was one of the members of Universal Monster Army. Phenomenal person. Uh, I got very close to him, and he went. Uh, he used to do the uh, Bigfoot stuff. Um, I forgot the name he used in um. In Universal Monster Army. I, I mean, in fact, I don't even think I'm going to say it. But anyway, the thing is that he had bought the original. He's the one that actually showed me what Honor House would send when you order the six foot Dracula, because they always had a thing that you can also get the Wolfman. So for many years, I went looking for a poster. In fact, Jim, my friend, uh, he helped me search for this for many, many years. And I'm like, I don't think they ever made a six foot uh, long chainy poster like they did with the Frankenstein and the Dracula, but I don't understand. Honor House is advertising it. So then one day, uh, this man, this gentleman from Universal Monster Army had actually sent away for it. And he goes, this is what they sent me. And and I realized then, uh, knowing Honor House and having been to the Honor House company like five times when I was younger, that Honor House had a, a way of tricking the person into reading something and then they would send them whatever they felt. And when they meant by life size, it was that they sent you a life size headshot of the Wolfman. Mm-hmm. And that's why you always saw the photograph that looked like a life, you know, headshot. Now, 
this poster was owned by this individual. He showed it, and I said, yeah, I actually have that poster somewhere. So I, I found it, and I actually purchased at the time. I think it was eBay, or I think it was prior to Amazon. So I purchased a silver bullet. Now, it's made of real silver. It's a bullet, but it's actually not a firing bullet. And I put it underneath in a shadow box with the poster. And I know that that's what made Joe want to speak about Wolfman's tonight when he thought about that poster I own. <laughs> hey, Eddie, I got a question. Now, did they? you said they only did just a headshot of the Wolfman? Yeah, what they did is... Um, so it was a six-foot headshot, or was it no, just... No, 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 no. They just sent you, a, I think it was 22 by 24 or 20 by 24 poster of the uh, Wolfman. Okay. But it said, when you looked at the ad, if you read any comic book, it'll have the six-foot uh, Dracula, and then it'll say Frankenstein, and also let you choose the Wolfman. But now, what they now, meant by now, did anybody ever do a a, a complete you know, body poster, like six foot, like the rest of them, like Dracula and Frankenstein. The only one that ever did was actually me house of the unusual. I tried it back in, in the early days of eBay. Um, I actually had to, you know, seek it out. I did make a six foot poster of it. Um, it was really nice. Uh, but of course, you know, people went crazy for the uh, six foot Frankenstein and Dracula when I introduced it to the public. And at that time I had to sell them in black and white. And they were selling like crazy. I was selling several hundred uh, a year. And then, uh, of course, I started doing them in color. And, and then the, the rest was history. I probably sold hundreds of sets throughout the years of the Dracula and the Frankenstein. But there was never a demand for the Wolfman. I was always questioning as to what it was. But I wasn't 100% at that time what Honor House had sent you. Uh, when this guy from Universal Monster Army, my friend, um, Showed me, he said, Eddie, this is my order. This is what I got. He had the original envelope, everything. I said, oh, my gosh, that's exactly how, uh, you know, they, they used to, like, basically trick people thinking they were going to get the full life-size thing, which there was really, <laughs> there's never been a six-foot wolfman, if, if what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, then then the other thing that was very interesting, too, based on, on, on that particular thing is that, you know, Honor House, uh, when they sold that, they also used to a lot of times advertise products. Like, say, for example, you would buy the Polaris sub, and if they didn't have any in stock, they send you the, the submarine, for example. I'm sorry, the uh, tank. Or you would get something else to improvise what you ordered. And their hope was that you wouldn't send it back anyway, you know? <laughs> By the time you sent it back, it would cost you more than... Um, right. Even though, this is funny, the shipping cost of... Uh, of the six foot submarine, like in 1970, was like a dollar fifty nine. That's amazing! And, wow, you know that's that's just what the cost was. Oh, it would have been a ridiculous amount. Now, I mean, shipping, you know, just for small little items that's not medium mail, you know, goes for crazy amounts. So I can only imagine how much oh. that would cost. Probably close to eighty dollars or so. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Sure. No, no, not that much. But you pay about something like for the submarine, you would pay about at least twenty-five to thirty-five dollars. Yeah. If you sure. send the priority oh, one. No, man, because they I tell you what, they go I've sent small stuff that didn't weigh much, and they're like, Oh, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, 60 bucks. I'm like, You gotta be kidding me. Joe, I send out hundreds of stuff a year, so you know, I know kind of the prices. Well, of that's because you, you shake them down for uh <laughs> <section Sure>. racket. <laughs> Well, no, there are ways to send. I mean, if you do, um, 
depending what, you know, there's what they call back in the old days, you had first class, second class, third class, and fourth, which was called bulk mail. Right. Uh, third class, anything you send third class, you could send something for like 50 pounds for like 20, 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. Now that's called priority select, I think it is. And you have, but the thing is, anytime you're sending books, anytime you're sending video games, you use media mail. Oh, yeah, media mail. And, yeah. and that's super that's cheap. Yeah. So, hey, what I wanted to ask you guys too, you know, we're talking about um, werewolf movies and all that. What's your guys' favorite werewolf movie of all time? Ooh, I tell you, the one that comes to mind. I loved it in high school. American, and I think that was nineteen eighty-one. That was cool. Okay, wow. yeah, I, I that was a definitely a good. I thought you were going to go with the uh, with the original one at first. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> no, I tell you what that me up because you know what the guy that acted in there michael Naughton, i believe his name was uh, i was uh, familiar with him from different sitcoms and everything and the uh, technique that they used to make the werewolf face grow and everything that, that was when they would get the rubber and i think they would mm -hmm. inject they would inject either the fluid or the water in, or, you know water to make it uh expand so that was something that they were ex experimenting with around the same time the uh, remake of the thing with kurt russell came out and that was the same principle to use that just flipped me out man because the way the face would grow you know what oh, yeah. you know like like they didn't cut the camera and it was, it was unbelievable i tell you that was a that was a creepy movie i mean just that you know yeah. you had that that over the top 80s you know special effects of gore and everything but i i i thought that was a that was a, a creepy movie i remember i think i saw it in the the late 90s first i'm like wow this is great <laughs> yeah that was that was real popular when i was in like 11th grade something like that and then and then as far as comedy goes, Porky's was popular. You know, when I was in like high school, everybody asked, hey, did you watch Porky's? Did you see Porky's? <laughs> For some reason, that that swept our high school uh, back in 1981, 1982. <laughs> nice. What about you, Eddie? What's your favorite werewolf? Um, It's kind of funny, but it's Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein because that's where I see the werewolf the most. That's when I, I was actually introduced to the Wolfman through that you know movie, even though it's not really about the Wolfman. I love that movie. That's, but, that's um, oh, I love so the good. part where Tablet, or you know, the original, because of course they used the original guys, and, and, and yeah, Chuck, that's the best movie out there, basically, you know. Yeah, it but, is. But um, the part where he goes to uh, Wilbur, which is about to be Costello, he goes, you know, Costello, this is Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, you know, when the wolf comes, I mean, when the moon comes out, I turn into a wolf, and he goes, when the moon comes out, I turn into a wolf myself. So he smacks him, you know, he goes, I thought you were the only guy that believed me. But I thought that was so funny the way he did that. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. man. So, but I saw the original, you know, there was a remake of The Wolfman. I don't know if you guys remember this about five, six years ago. <clears throat> um, have you guys seen that one, the new one? No, I, I, don't, I, I, don't I, so. I can't watch it. I got to tell you, the new one is not as bad as you would think. It's actually okay. It's not great either, but it's okay. The original Wolfman is kind of like a little scary. It was, I think if you look at the Dracula, Frankenstein, and Wolfman, you could actually maybe say, I don't know if you guys are going to agree with what I'm going to say, but I think the Wolfman had a lot more clarity. It was more like a, more like a modern uh, movie over the other two. It was done a little bit more or was written better. Do you agree with that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen that one. And I, I don't know if I. You never saw uh, the original Wolfman? And here you are talking about Wolfman? 
No, I'm thinking of the um the 2010 one. With no, the no, 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 no. No, I said that the original Wolfman. When you watch Dracula, Frankenstein, Joe, for a second, you almost gave me a heart attack right now. <laughs> when, you're, when you're watching the original Frankenstein and you watch Frankenstein, which is really cool, and the story behind it, but you know it's pretty simplistic. When you watch the original Dracula, I mean, these movies are over within 50 minutes. They're not really that long. But when you watch the original Wolfman, I think the writing for the Wolfman, the script writing was a little better where it's more like not only, I think, a longer film, but it has more like a a storyline to it. What would you I mean, do you guys I mean, Chuck says he agrees. What about you, Joe? I you know what? I I think it was and it brought a a lot of um, a lot of lore into, you know, werewolves and all that. And I better than dracula and franken i don't know maybe if it was i'm not saying better better. Than- here's the thing it didn't have the popularity as the other two no, no. It, it didn't it but no, that it goes didn't. i mean frankenstein goes- and dracula really had the biggest popularity and the, the wolfman and mummy kind of fell by the side it seems a little bit right more. because it, it's the just- writing was oh the writing was good i mean kurt uh Sudomack, he he was a fantastic writer i mean yeah. He did the screenplay for it. I mean, it, it was great. And like I said, it brought a lot of lore into it. I, I don't know why. Why do you think it didn't do as well as well um, the this, other ones? This this is my opinion. I mean, it came out 10 years, you know, after. Right. But the original, everybody... you know, Dracula and Frankenstein. That's correct. But remember, everybody wanted to see Dracula. Dracula was the man. Right. And Frankenstein comes in and he kind of co- coexists with Dracula. It's done by famous people. Now, Long Cheney comes in, who's just the son of uh, which, you know, the, the, the guy, the regular Long Cheney uh, senior, who everybody knows is the Phantom of the Opera. So, of course, I think Long Cheney Jr., who had it most of his life a drinking problem and stuff, got the role, I think, mostly because of his dad. Now, here is the situation. The movie... Wolf, it was kind of something coming new into the public. And, you know, the Wolfman was not as tough as Frankenstein. And he was not as as uh, like it with the Dracula, where he was more like a woman's sky, you know, type of thing, where he had that mystique about him. So I think the Wolfman and most even the mummy, it fell to the wayside. But what happened over time was that those movies that were not popular, say, for example, when Aurora Monsters made their model kits, when they made the Bride of Frankenstein, it didn't sell. <clears throat> excuse me, it didn't sell. So because of it not selling today, it demands the most money of how rare it is. You can, you can wind up paying $1,500 for a Bride of Frankenstein, but you might pay $400 for an original Dracula. From uh, You know, so it's the same thing. The Wolfman itself, I've, I've never really liked the Wolfman, but I've always really loved the picture of Lon Chaney Jr. Now, let, let, me, let me ask you guys this. Now, okay, you have Dracula and Frankenstein that came out in 31. Do you think if the Wolfman came out in 31 or 32, the same time around those, that it would have done a lot better than 10 years later? I don't know. That's a good question. Wow. I Because I now you had, you had Werewolf of London. The, I thought that's the one Chuck was going to mention, <laughs> the original, which came out in 35, and... I, that was a that was a fantastic movie. I actually just saw it for the first time this past October, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. But it doesn't get the same. No. You know, it, it came out you know four years after Dracula and Frankenstein, 
and you know what uh six years before wolfman but it doesn't get the same accolades as you know the other movies do why why do you guys think that is my opinion is that the wolfman has always been portrayed it's 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 a weaker creature frankenstein is somebody who's seven feet tall you know uh, he's got whatever the Wolfman, you know what, to be honest with you, like I said, the only reason the Wolfman has clinged on time, you know, cling with time and and still a classic about, uh, you know, among many people is the fact that the Wolfman, because of movies like the the one you just mentioned, the London, the Wolfman in London, whatever that was, the Werewolf, movies, of London. Werewolf of London, uh, Werewolf After Midnight, those films came out and there were a lot more that came out based on that. In fact, in the early 1970s, there was a show called Lucan. There oh, I, I remember that. I remember that. Yep. They, he was raised by wolves. And then yep. you know, the kid would get, and then also they came out with Teen Wolf, which I think Michael Fox Michael, did. Like, Michael J. Fox, yeah. 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 So, oh, that was a great one. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was good. That was hilarious. That was, it was a great film. Even uh, like Lucan, it, for some reason, Lucan didn't last that much. I think they only stayed, like there was another one called uh, Wolf something and Bigfoot. Lightfoot and Bigfoot. Remember that that movie too? Uh, or that that show in the seventies, uh, yeah. Chuck? Yeah, I believe so. Yep. I, and it was Bigfoot and and Lightboy, Lightfoot and Bigfoot. I forget the name exact name of it. Right. But those those shows kept the Wolfman alive. But I don't think the people really, honestly, ever, or that many followers of monsters ever really sat down and watched the Wolfman complete. You know. It's never been, it's it's a film, like I said, it's, it goes back to the time of VHS and Betamax. Everybody knew that Betamax had a better picture, but yet VHS was more popular. It's the same thing. <clears throat> you will always sell Dracula and Frankenstein. <clears throat> Excuse me. Very hard to sell Wolfman. Um, same thing with the creature. The creature is one of those obscure uh, monsters of the past that, you know, did not really have the fame of Dracula and Frankenstein, or no, he re- yeah, he really didn't. I mean, you could put those three in the same category, well, Wolfman, he, Mummy, and and the yeah. creature, and they did not do as well or well known as Dracula and Frankenstein. Right, but here's the thing: if you go right now to eBay and you look up Lon Chaney Jr. autographs and stuff, you'll pay you know a couple of dollars for it, maybe a hundred bucks. If oh, you're, absolutely. You go and you look up the creature, and even a stupid little remake of it will go for like eighty dollars. Like, in fact, there were some posters that were sold in the nineteen seventies inside. I think it was Honeycomb cereals that had four different posters. You can't touch the creature. You can buy Dracula for like a hundred bucks. You can buy Frankenstein for a hundred. The creature is mm-hmm. like two, three hundred bucks yeah. for a little eighteen by twenty-four glow-in-the-dark poster. So. The creature, for some reason, is the most expensive of all the collectibles. It has, it, it, it kind of, it has- I, I tell you what, though, in, in speaking of collectibles, if you get a group of 10 hardcore Dracula fans, 10 hardcore Frankenstein fans, Wolfman, Mummy, and Creature, I, I, I would, I, I could guarantee you is that the more hardcore of that group would be for the creature. That's correct. That's what I'm saying. I do not understand why that happened. I, I mean, got- there is, there are hardcore fans out there. And when you look at them, they are creature fans. They are hardcore creature fans. And, and I mean, that that's great. That's absolutely fantastic. I think the creatures, uh, you know, the movies were great. The, um, the design by, uh, um, oh, what's her name? Um, 
uh, Melissant. Uh, I can't remember her name off the top, but her design was absolutely fantastic of it. And they're, they're, they are a hardcore group of fans. They are. And, and they, let's be honest, of all the films, the best written films are The Creature. I mean, and that, in fact, that's another thing. That's the first time Clint Eastwood ever came on the big screen. I, I think I think some of them, some of them are. The third one was kind of, it, it was it was all right. No, no, I, I understand. Yeah, the first one I'm talking about. The first one's phenomenal. The second, the yeah. third, eh, I can see where you're coming yeah. from. Real, real quick, uh, the I wanted to make sure that she gets the proper credit here. Melissant Melissant Patrick was the designer of the uh, the creature. Oh, she was okay. a Disney animator. I want to make sure she what? gets the proper credit because she she did an absolute fantastic job. And I tell you what, if you guys search her name out there under images, she's a, a very attractive lady. And there's tons of photos of her drawing the creature, you know, painting the creature, de- designing it. And it's a great piece of history to look and see who because, you know, when you when you talk about the creature from the Black Lagoon, you get the same you know people but a lot of times we we kind of forget you know the behind the scenes people that actually you know do the designs and you know that's what we a lot of us really attracted to the movies for is not only the story but you know the designs of these monsters same with the the wolf man i mean absolutely fantastic you know it's kind of funny when you said that but you see the creature that the other thing with the creature is that the reason the creature never rolls into glory like one actor is because there were two playing. One played it in the water, one played it outside. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that also made it where people didn't know which way to go. Do I like the outside? Do you like, you know? <laughs> you know, and the other thing yeah. that's kind of funny is like when you go to Chile, when you go to these conventions and you have all these people together, like, you know, the son of Bella Lugosi, uh, Sarah Karloff and stuff, for some reason, Sarah has the biggest line. And then for some reason, Dracula comes in second whenever. But when Lon Chaney family, I think like the great grandson or something, appears in those shows, there's hardly a line for some reason, you know? Isn't that and, something? And which is bizarre. Yet, yet in the histories, in the annals of history, I guess Hollywood has always wanted to keep the Wolfman alive. And they've always, and I think the Abbott and Costello tri- trilogy, like the monsters and stuff, that might be not trilogy, because they didn't have a trilogy on that. But I'm saying they had, you know, they had Meet the Mummy, Meet Frankenstein. But um, the I think overall, today, like you said, die hardcore fans are the creature. Now, here's the way it looks. When you sell to an audience, and I, I've said this before, but I, I could say this because I actually have the, you know, the evidence to back it up. When I sell on Etsy, and back in the day, I used to sell a lot on Etsy, which is mostly predominantly a female audience, you will see me sell, let's put, you know, you'll sell for the month, let's say, 49 Draculas and 36 Frankensteins. Again, the females prefer Dracula over Frankenstein. Oh, you well, you still have that sedu- seductiveness of, of that's, Dracula. That's right. And, and the, the but I tell you what, Eddie, like, like you alluded to earlier, is that, you know, my favorite iteration of the werewolf was from um, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I think he was portrayed the you know the best in that one and that's what made me watch the original film yeah that was it's the that same was a, way if that was a great one yeah but if you send dracula you say you you sell an ebay the same thing uh 100 frankensteins and, and 40 draculas because males prefer the frankenstein monster which is my favorite as well 
But you know what? The Wolfman, I got to be honest with you, very few things. And there's a lot of things that sell from the original Wolfman. But I don't I don't recall too many people, you know, buying the Wolfman, which is it's sad because it is. Yeah. You, you don't hear many people say, yeah, my favorite. My favorite monster, universal monster, is the Wolfman or the Mummy. But you'll hear the other three. <laughs> yeah, you don't. <laughs> you know, even, even even for that much, the um the Invisible Man, you don't really hear hear oh, much that's right. about that one. Oh no, never. Which I, you know, I I think that's those movies were fantastic in themselves, and I I don't really care for the the newer ones, but the original ones were great. But you don't. That might be the last one that you you hear about. You know. And and it's a good film, The Invisible. You know, overall, oh, they all are. They fantastic. You know, let's say The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Invisible Man, The Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Those are really just remembered in history through model kits and stuff. But I got to be honest, with you, even though the films were good, they're not famous at all. I mean, good no. luck trying to sell an original Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde model kit from Aurora. You probably yeah. get it for fifty bucks because people just don't buy it. No, they don't buy it. Well, yeah, that's it's that's it's pretty weird that there's, you know, and, and what what I hope doesn't happen is that people don't kind of you know get tunnel vision for their favorite character, and you know I hope people branch out to these smaller you know characters like you mentioned, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, the Hunchback. It was like I said, you know, the Golem, you know you know, is, is a big part of movie history and, and, you know, shame on me for not having to watch it yet, but, you know, even these Lon Chaney movies are, are a huge part of, of movie history, but, you know, they're not well known. And even in a lot of, you know, circles, you know, monster circles and monster kiddom and all that, you know, I, I don't think many people have watched the silence just because, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, people say, Oh, silent movies, you know, <laughs> I'm going to need to take a lot of coffee to stay awake from those. But, you know, actually some of them are, are very good and will we'll keep your like if anybody's watched, um, which and, and I have to admit going into Metropolis, I said, man, because the version I watched, I think, was two hours and 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, this is going to be tough, you know, an over two hour silent film. And next thing I know, the movie was over. Yeah. It went by so quick. It was so fantastic, and it kept your attention. And, yeah, a lot of them are rough, but you could watch, you know, talkie movies that are, you know, yeah. you're five minutes into it, and you're like, okay, this is boring, you know. Oh, so, absolutely. Wow. Gotta, it, it all depends on the movie, that you know, the, the casting, watching, the, yeah. the, the set, the special effects, and most importantly, the storyline, you know. Oh, yeah. well, I, you know. You know, the thing that flipped me out about Frankenstein's Monster, I think I brought this up before, I was shocked. You know what? Like once I actually read the book by Mary Shelley, you know what? The, uh, the monster was very intelligent in the book. I mean, he read poetry and everything. I mean, he was, he was very intelligent. You know, they opted to make him, you know, not so in the, in the actual movies, you know, just. Rrr, rrr. He's, yeah. He's, but did, did Chuck, didn't he get the Abbey normal brain from young Frankenstein? Maybe <laughs> one. Now, one thing, because I need to hear Chuck's uh, opinion on this, but I was going to say, you know, Joe, for you to be able, since you kind of fell to the wayside and haven't watched those famous films, which kind of shocking the audience out there. I heard somebody text right now that they said, may Joe made the, what is it? May, may the fleece of a thousand camels attack your pubic hair. They said, <laughs> doing that. So I guess that will keep you awake during the night if the curse comes through. <laughs> 
I guess. But I, I you know, I have to tell you, Chuck, is that I've net, you know, I tried reading, you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and I got like thirty pages in, and oh. I said, you know what, I can't do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Neither can I, I, I man. I, I, I can't do it, man. I said I just, <laughs> this, this is just not. I, I can't do it, and and. Yeah. You know what? The books are actually much more detailed. You, you know what? I've always been a reader, you know, and I've read every classic that you can name. And you know what? They're actually much more detailed, you know, when you get right down to it. So I, I, I know. And I, and I do want to to finish reading it, but it's so tough, man. I'm like, I just want to get into it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It, it's it, it's it's very different. But I, I've talked to a lot of people out there and, you know, they love Bram Stoker's Dracula, all the other classics. Oh, great. But most of all, I hear that people cannot get into Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And I, and I think maybe it's, you know, has to do with, you know, her style of writing at the time and the fact that it's, it's so different from what we know, mm-hmm. you know, through the movies as, as Frankenstein and yeah. Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, yeah. But you know what they do with the films today? Like even Bram Stoker's Dracula, I saw it, but they put like, it looks like he's got the hairdo and stuff. Like his brain is, <laughs> he looks, you know, he reminds me of the, um, uh, what what they what are they called that Mars attack Chuck? Would they have the big brains? The thing? Oh, I, I know yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, that turned me off, man. I like the original way Dracula looked, and I right. think all the new movies, even though they could be well written and stuff, I don't care for them. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, I, I didn't care for that look either with that no. big white hair. I thought that was kind of I don't know what they were doing, man. Well, I think what what I did like was um, what was it that came out a few years ago? Was it Dracula Untold? Oh yeah, was that what it was called? I I have to look it up. Something something like that. I don't don't remember. Let me ask you guys: Did you guys watch the film Sundown, Vampires in Retreat that I told you guys about a year ago? No, I don't. I don't remember. Oh my gosh! Did you watch it, uh, Chuck? That sounds familiar. I don't know. That's the one that the guy who did Kung Fu, what's his name? That he uh, they found him dead in his closet, the actor. Oh, David Carradine. Yeah, David Carradine plays in that film as Dracula, but it's supposed to be Dracula. They go to a town called Sundown. It's kind of like a hard film to get, but if you Google it, I'm sure you can see it on YouTube. Wow, that sure sounds familiar. Yeah, that sure sounds Yeah, and, and, and the way they kill the vampires is like, say, for example, all the vampires have to be reformed. They're not supposed to be biting people. So instead of drinking blood, they have to drink uh, plasma, right? But the thing that's funny is when the vampires do anything wrong, the police officers carry wooden bullets. Uh. And, and then um, there's a guy who's trying to overthrow the town. And the mayor of the town is, is, is Carradine, and he's supposed to be the real Dracula, right? Mm-hmm. So they come down to a show off at the, at, towards the end. And the guy goes, and, he says, and then the, the mayor says, you don't know who I am. Like, I'm the, the king. And it, it's really interesting. I'm not going to tell you how it completely ends, but I'm surprised you guys haven't watched that. I mean, Chuck, it, it sounds like you might have, but I'm shocked it's with sure, it's sure, It sure sounds familiar. You know, there's a great, I guess, a zombie movie, if you want to call it. When I was a, when I was a kid, I watched it when it was brand new. Omega Man uh, with Charlton Heston. That was, oh, yeah, that was great. That was unbelievable. That freaked me out when I saw that when I was a kid. <laughs> Wow! Uh, if you guys hear any hammering, I'm I'm just removing uh, Joe's plaque from my wall here, uh, <laughs> for uh you know for being the pre- special person I thought he was with all the movies. So I'm, I'm kind of degrading him a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, Sundown. I I don't think I've ever heard of that or it's seen. It's called it. Sundown: Vampires and Retreat. I actually told you guys about it about a year ago. I think when we started in the original podcast. Well, well we only listened to about twenty percent of what you say, and the other <laughs> yeah, stuff goes uh, out. I so. figure that. 
<laughs> but yeah, we need to watch. In fact, that's my challenge. For the next time we come on, we should see if we all watch Vampires in Retreat. It's Sundown. Now, there's also a movie that was made, Sundown, that has nothing to do with vampires. So when you look it up, you might get Sundown, which is a murder mystery. I forgot what the heck it was about. But you have to put Sundown with John Carradine, Vampires it, it, in Retreat. I'm looking at it now. David Carradine, and it came out it, in 89. 89, that's correct. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to check this out. I'm going to tell you what, I'm looking at the poster, and the poster looks really familiar, but, you know, I, I don't know if I've seen this. You know, it came out in 89, so there's a chance I may have seen it in the early 90s, because at that time I was I was renting a lot of uh, um, VHS tapes from uh, my buddy's store, and they were all horror stuff, so I may <laughs> have seen it at that time and don't remember it. <laughs> I think the funniest... I'm going to check it out again, though. The funniest uh, that I was talking to my buddy Jim about and everything, the funniest one that I bought when I was young <laughs> or when I first got married was called Dracula Sucks. Whoa. I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a movie based about Dracula, but it, what, it's totally a total. It's close to being like uh, porn more than anything. The world. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you bought that on. Are you running on accident? Yeah, right? No, no, no. It was, no, no. Because yeah. oh, honey, I, this is an accident. I thought it was a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny that it came out. And, and it is. It's actually a Dracula vampire. But I'm not going to say what he's doing. But it's called Dracula Sucks. And it's a hilarious film. Well, I think the title says it all of what he's doing. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't sound that doesn't sound good. I tell you, doesn't sound like an our our realm of movies, Eddie. But yeah. hey, you, you know you. No, no, I wouldn't recommend. I it. hope your wife's not listening. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend. But it was kind of funny though because there were a lot of films that came out. But I got to tell you something. Um, Werewolf in London. You know those films are all pretty good. But Werewolf in London kind of reminds me of Jack the Ripper. For some reason, the film itself, and you know how he's jumping around the roofs and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I could say I watched it, but I could say I probably won't watch it again, kind of thing. Even though it was good, um, I hate it. If I think that's one of the famous Monsters magazine cover that has Werewolf of London or something in it. I think the artwork is is really kind of horrible. I'm I'm really kind of when it comes to the Wolfman and stuff. To me, for some reason, it has to be Lon Chaney. Otherwise, it's not a Wolfman. You oh, know. Yeah, I, definitely. The yeah, new definitely Lon Chaney's my uh, my yeah. Wolfman. Yeah, the new Wolfman was pretty decent, but I mean, the new Dracula films. There was also back in in the days they had one called Blackula. They had one called um, what was the name of the other one? And they were pretty scary. Um, the one that this guy did, what's his name? Lee something. 79 oh, uh Dracula. Oh, oh Christopher Lee. Yeah, I you know what? He's a scary guy. He really looks yeah, scary. he looked but, he looked really good. Yeah, he yeah, looked but really I cool. hate him as Dracula. Like yeah. I don't I don't I didn't enjoy I think because I was afraid of it as a kid. I don't know. I don't like him as Dracula. Yeah. In fact, you know, I, I thought he played a, a good a good Dracula, but I, I think that they 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 didn't really use him to his his potential because I mean he's a great actor. He's a very I, he's a very good actor. Yeah, I, I I think that they kind of you know he didn't have many speaking roles and all that, and I, I think he, he could have been used a lot better. Yeah, you know the guy that looked pretty cool was Dracula, Jack Palance. Do you remember him, Jack Palance? He looked really cool as Dracula. He hosted Ripley's, believe it or not, back in like. Oh yeah, that's 80. right. Uh, what, what about the the funny Dracula movie, Love at First Bite? Remember that movie? Oh yeah, with Jim. Was that with Jim Carrey? No, oh? Love at First Bite was uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that looks like he has a, a tan all the time. 
Oh, George, uh, yeah. George Hamilton. George Hamilton played it. That was a really good film. I remember and that. I'm, okay. that, that. I think that was her. That's one of my that I enjoyed. You know, the new Dracula stuff. And then there was also the Dracula that, um, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen it too. It, um, gosh, what was the name of that actor? Oh gosh, uh, today I'm I'm not remembering the actors too much, but uh, but anyway, Dracula. That one I just mentioned with uh, George Hamilton, I Love yeah, at was, First Bite. That was good. That, was good. that made a hit. That was a big time movie. Yeah. Um, and the girl that played in there, the female dragon, you know, she was really phenomenal too. Oh, no, no. I, I'm sorry. The girl, I, I confused that. There was another one called the, the guy who played Kramer, the, the funny guy in, in Kramer. Oh, right. Michael Richards. Michael Richards. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, he played it. It was called uh, Transylvania 6 5000. Oh, that was good. I love that. That was that hilarious. film was phenomenal, man. I loved it, and I loved the girl that played in there too, the vampire, a female. Yeah. <laughs> and her, man. That was really uh, that was a good one. Gosh, I haven't seen that one in a long yeah. time. That goes back to the mid eighties, I think. That yeah, eighty five. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that same guy, Michael, also made another one. That this is not a monster film, but it was called uh, Young Doctors in Love, where he played a mafioso. And he was trying to kill the Godfather, and that's a, if you never saw that film, Joe, you should see it. Which one? It what's it called? Young Doctors in Love, and that's no, the first time I ever saw that guy Michael as an actor. And and Chuck, did you see that movie, Young Doctors in Love? No. Oh, it it it's it's hilarious. I'll it's, check it out. You'll like it. Michael played a, a mafioso guy, and so the Godfather gets hurt, and he goes to a hospital, so he's trying to kill him. And no matter what he does, it just turns against him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And th there's one scene there that um, that this guy, if I'm correct, his name is Michael, correct? Michael, is is that his name? Michael Richards. Richard? Yeah, Michael Richards. Yeah, Michael Richards is in a bed and he's all filled with stuff and he thinks he's got the 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 Godfather almost killed. So he always has to laugh. You know, he goes like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, all right, right. And he's gonna light up a cigarette and then it says oxygen and he blows up everything. In that movie happens to him. That's hey, now, now, would you going back to the uh, our Wolfman topic? Topic. If you could pick anybody throughout cinema history, who would you put as Wolfman besides Lon Chaney Jr.? Like, if you just had someone that you would like to see in that role in a movie, there's none. I don't think I have yeah, any. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank here. I can't. I can't think of anybody. Wow. You know, I I think I would really like to see. You know, Lon Chaney Jr.'s dad, Lon Chaney. Sure. Yeah. I, I think that would be, you know, fantastic. And I would like to see, you know, him doing his own makeup for it. You know, just to see how his take would be on, on the Wolfman. That, that and would if be, cool. be able to do it. I don't know about that, Joe, because, you know, everybody has their, like, for example, the Phantom of the Opera, you can't put a better face on the Phantom. He's like number one. Yeah, Even that face. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that face is. But I don't think if you put that face to the Wolfman, it would still look the same. I think. Well, well no, we're not. I'm. I'm saying I would like to see his version of it. I. I would like to right. see if he looks as the Wolfman, and I'd like to see his take on it, doing his own makeup and how he would, you know, portray it, whether it be in a silent film mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. you know a talkie. I, I think. I think that would be interesting. Oh, wait, I got a. I, I got a question for you guys. Just like you said, the Wolfman. Okay. What do you guys compare when it comes to comparing? Because this is a problem for a lot of people. Glenn Strange to Boris Karloff. And which one do you prefer? Oh, definitely Karloff. I'm not a fan of Glenn Strange's Frankenstein monster. But in Abbott and Costello, 
but in Abbott and Costello, the Frankenstein monster played by Glenn Strange is is phenomenal. In yeah, fact, yeah, sure. Yeah, oh yeah, he's good in there, but I I I'm not a you know, it's not something that I go to. I it has to be Karloff for me. No, I think yeah, there's, his, his his style was unbelievable. You know, they it's unreal. You know, that was a blast when we talked to Sarah Karloff. I really, I really felt blessed. Yeah, I, you know, that was a good time talking. I hope She's you didn't tell Sarah that, Eddie. <laughs> no, 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 no. The no, no. To me, no. Like I said, I just, I was just wondering how people. You know, I wanted your reaction on that, but I got to tell you what. I never realized there was a difference between the Karloff monster growing up and the Strange. I thought it was the same person. Yeah. And later on, I realized now. You can't like the Karloff when he's coming out through the entrance. That's a class. You can never reproduce that that photograph by no. any means, by no. anyone. The Glenn Strange does have a unique, I guess, because of Abbott and Costello, demand in the pub, you know, the collector sector where they pay a lot for his, you know, his image and stuff. Uh, Boris Karloff, though, what made Boris Karloff so popular was not just that he played the good Frankenstein monster. He played everything fantastic. He Remember, did. he's the he mummy. Did. He's also the face behind the tales of tales and, you know, yeah. tales from the vine. All those. Karloff is just in generally a great actor with faces all over the world, you know? Yeah, you're great. You're right. So that's the story. That's why he's got more fame. As the Frankenstein, though, when he's coming out, you can't. It's the best Frankenstein, period. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's. It, Glenn Strange did a good did a good job with Frankenstein, but there's I don't think there's really, you know, comparison with. Oh no no you can't compare. Carlock. Yeah, I mean it's it's still good though. I mean, I love all the Frankenstein movies. There, I tell you what, I love. If I was to pick a, a set, even though Dracula is my favorite one, I would have to go with all the, the Frankenstein ones more than all the Dracula ones because I, I just think they're fantastic all the way through. You guys got to remember one thing too, though. Lon Chaney and Bella Lugosi also played Frankenstein, and I think I don't like them at all. No, no. But no. hey, guys, we, we got to wrap it up here. We got a few minutes left. So um, just want to give everyone a huge thank you out there for joining us once again and listening to us. And hopefully, you guys are subscribing to our channel. Uh, you know, give us a nice review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. That definitely helps us out. And if you want to see some of our videos, head over to YouTube under House of the Unusual. Tons of great videos under there. We also have our flagship website, um, houseoftheunusual.com. We have a great forum site there. And um, we have our magic kits on Etsy. It's under uh, House of the Unusual, all one word. Just type that in the search and you'll see our, our magic kits that are for sale. They're, they're absolutely fantastic, done by... Uh, Chuck Caputo and Eddie, just a great job on those. So make sure you guys are checking us out and, you know, hit us up on your favorite platforms, you know, YouTube, definitely subscribe to us, you know, leave us some comments because that whole algorithm thing, you know, that definitely helps us out on there. And we're, we're trying to build up to over a thousand subscribers on YouTube this year and we're getting, you know, closer and closer, but let's, you know, let's rocket it, you know, ahead so that we could start getting out there a lot more. And uh, that's pretty much all that I, I got for us. So everyone stay safe out there. And once again, thank well, you for joining us. I also got to say for people out there, here's a man who wanted to talk about Wolfman's stuff and never saw the original werewolf. <laughs> yeah, right. That. 
I would have to. I don't think I'd have to retire from doing this. If I've never seen that one. I think my <laughs> wife would divorce me if I never seen it. <laughs> well, hey, guys, great conversation on the Wolfman, and and thanks again for for joining us. And God bless, guys. Take care. Right. Thanks a lot. Everyone Take next care. week. God bless. Bye bye.